1: Sam, listeners, Light Years Podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instinct Heart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate.
2: welcome to light years we are recording on the locker room app after the warriors 119-116 win over the utah jazz bradley beal already helping the warriors out tweeting kent Bazemore into his best game of the season andy lou how you doing oh man
1: <laughs> uh yeah, are we starting with Beal and Baysmore? Because nah, now we
2: start, we we'll start
1: the game, and then we can get to that later. But let's let's get to that topic three or four. Yeah, that this game was, um, it was a it was playoff atmosphere. I know that the Jazz were missing, you know, Donny Mitch and, and Mike Conley, but this one felt like uh, a playoff game. And ah, Draymond and Steph already, I keep saying this every podcast, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna keep saying it, Sam, until until they get kicked out of the postseason. These guys deserve to be in the playoffs year in year out until the day they retire they're so good they're so good when they are locked in I'm almost
2: um I almost want to talk more about Draymond than Steph just because like Mm. with Steph it's well no I don't want to take him for granted ever but um (laughs) there's less of the ramp up factor with Steph you know what I'm saying like Steph is like consistently excellent like he'll go through spells where he looks tired but like Bad stuff in the regular season like, oh, man, 25 points per game on 45% shoot. Like, that's bad stuff, right? Right. Like, whereas Draymond earlier in the season, I was wondering, it, it, you know, I was wondering if it was uh, – if, if the days of prime Draymond were over. And you watch him play a game like tonight, man, you know, they, we can uh, pick apart the things he can't do, but he's still a very high-end winning player particularly on the defensive end and just uh, there, there's, I mean, we can start with that, you know, he's hitting shots now, you know, that's going (laughs) to ebb and flow, but like, for me, it's more like the way he's moving and the urgency he plays with. I'm like, this is a guy you can still trust in the conference finals or the finals to make the right decision. Yep.
1: Yep. I, you know, maybe we just chalked the early season stuff up to COVID or, a ramp up or he just hadn't played meaningful basketball in as long as Steph Curry hasn't played basketball. Right. Last season didn't count. Draymond coasted through that thing. Um, but he's back now. I, I, at this point, I really don't care what the beginning of the season looked like. Cause if you give this, these guys a chance and by these guys, I mean, Steph and Draymond, uh, you put them in a series, they can win that series against almost everyone. And, and that's kind of the, that's the crazy part about this thing. Draymond can be that good. I guess, Sam, I was a little bit more optimistic than you. I thought Draymond had that in him because I saw that against Portland, but we didn't know how great it was. Uh, tonight, though, and really, really, the, it's been the last like three, four weeks. It, it, that's how long it's been. Tells me that this guy is still, I don't know, would you agree with me, the best defender in the NBA when he's locked in? Would you agree? That's how that's how
2: he is, right? On the the short list. Like you could convince me Anthony Davis is better. Yeah. Or maybe Kawhi, but that's like literally all I'm talking about. Like, get out of here with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is an (laughs) excellent player, but you see his weaknesses magnified against quite frankly, Steph Curry. Whereas Draymond still can move and is still as smart as anyone ever. Zach Lowe put him on his first team, all defense. He did his like award article, which I would agree with. Um, And he said, if Draymond is not a hundred percent of what he was in 2016, he's still 90 to 95%. And honestly, Mm -hmm. that's probably the best way to put it. Like, I don't know if Draymond is as good as he was at his absolute peak, but I know he's still pretty elite on defense and I know for a fact there's only I don't know maybe a half dozen players who you could legitimately say are as good as him on defense when he's engaged.
1: If that at if most. If that. Yeah, yeah, and and I think even in the last decade he's been in the NBA. No, it's not even right now. In the last decade he's been in the NBA. There hasn't been much better. Um, for for that, that I agree with.
2: You. If you're gonna say who's the best defender of ten to twenty, it's Draymond. Change the game. Most important defender. Yep. Guard, I yep. mean, Draymond's the reason everyone's looking for six, six to six, eight guys who can guard all positions instead of rim-running centers. You know, yep. like he—he's the reason that defenses have shifted. To be quite frank,
1: yeah. I mean, Steph Curry's the reason why offenses are the way they are True. today, right? For one reason, and you said that earlier, and Draymond's the other reason why. That defense is all the way they are. Because it's and the I only think. way to play a guy like Steph Curry. It it really is like those guys are literally they're yin and yang. It, they're just they're perfect together. I thought that that final three that Steph hit the game winning three was perfect, right? It, Looney gets the rebound. Uh, by the way, another just an incredible offensive rebound. Great awareness. Passes it back out. Uh, who gets it back out to Draymond? And Draymond knows he knows where Steph is. Steph is also you know he is who he is. He knows to cut to the right because he's wide open. And Jeff, and Draymond just flicks him the ball and it's a wide open three i mean it's a it's a tough shot um i think he was still like three feet behind the line but with steph you kind of know that's going in and that's that's all we that's what we've seen for years those guys are kind of perfect together and then on the other end um I, i guess a lot of the warriors met clarkson at the rim but draymond met him at the rim and then went ahead and got that offensive rebound right and then the wherewithal to call the timeout So that he's not the one. That's
2: uh, that's also the funny thing with Draymond because like his rebounding has been lower this year than in the past, and I've kind of chalked that up more to the roster and like maybe he doesn't have the legs to get the out of his area rebounds that he used to. You know, like three four years ago, like Draymond was just everywhere on the court. Like you'd just be like, how are you at the three point line and under the rim in, you know, in the same split second, right? And like these days now, it's like he's not doing that as much, but like. In these moments when he has to lock in, he still has the capability to do yep. that and the physical. Like it's, it's quintessential aging. He's picking his spots a little bit, but like he's not. He's still as smart as he he ever was, and he physically can still get up for it. It's good to see he's over COVID. It's good to see that like, you know, again, is he as athletic as he was in 2016? No, but maybe 90 percent. You know, he's pretty much there.
1: These guys deserve. Deserve a better team around them uh let's talk about the other guys are we good with steph and dre yeah yeah we're good we by the, the way, way i love
2: how steph getting what 37 points is that what he finished with tonight 36 <laughs> yeah, points. 36, Sorry, I think 36, 30, 36 yeah 36 points on okay efficiency yeah. we're like yeah we don't need to talk about 36 points you're hey, right like Anytime Steph gets under 40, it's like, all right, you know, he did his job, but whatever. Uh, That's, that just speaks to like the level he's been playing at for
1: like the last month and a half. right? You know what? You know, <laughs> I, you're know, you right. You're right. We should talk about Steph. Yes. Three for 13 from three tonight. I saw that uh, some of the OKC announcers was talking about Steph is a uh, if you get him, you know, at the rim or under the three point line, he's not as good of a scorer. Uh, Steph was unstoppable <laughs> from two point range, then, right? Just you tweeted about the 15 foot push shot that he made. He actually made a couple of them in a row, which is just incredible right. skill wise. Like, what, what, like that's he some, makes, uh, he makes that incredible.
2: off he makes that off balance push floater. Like, I don't even know what to call it. It's it's not quite a push shot, but it's not a floater either. And he's well, somewhere between like 15 and 18 feet. So it's but yeah, he makes it every time.
1: If, makes if it just, you watch him in. You watch him in pregame, you've done you've seen him do this a million times for people that I don't know, he practices this shot in his warm in, oh, uh, absolutely, in, yeah. in his uh, sh- in his shooting drills. Yeah, th- he practices it. It just looks weird in the game, but he does it. <laughs> before uh, not in warm-up lines, but you know how he puts on a show before every people see right. the long threes that he shoots, but before he does that, he practices those little push floaters and uh you know, I, I guess maybe he should do it more often, but honestly, you know, he shot 13 threes tonight. You know, he made three of them. So he knew it wasn't going in. He shot a little, he shot some shots that were a little bit closer. Um, yeah, incredible. I mean, 36. And I, and I
2: just want to throw this in. That's, that's like one of my favorite things that Steph starts, started doing a few years ago. Like, remember when the Spurs would overplay him from the three point line and it would frustrate the hell out of him that he couldn't get the step back or the, um uh, you know, sidestep three that he likes to take? Now he, um if you're going to overplay the three, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to take the mid range shot. And I'm just going to take the layup over and over again. And like, that's what he did against you. Utah overplayed the three and then they had Gobert standing inside. And he's like, all right, if you give me a 15 footer, I'll just make it every time. And he did. Right. So yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of the best way to, to describe him. Like he has kind of an offensive mastery where he knows how to take advantage of the defense. Yep.
1: Yeah. The guy is, uh, he's on another level. It, just, it doesn't matter. I do, I do love the, um, he does something that's a little bit new this season where, it, and now it's becoming almost unstoppable. I think they've kind of figured out those, how to play against those double teams is he just, he, they, they run a screen. They know the double is coming. He gives it up super quick and he's kind of stopped turning the ball over against those doubles. But literally right after he gives it up, Draymond, instead of going for the four on three, because, you know, Iguodala isn't there and Clay isn't in the corner, he just shovels it right back to Steph. I think that's kind of out of necessity at this point. But it is cool how they're doing it so often. Um, it, it really is every single time. And players haven't caught up to that yet. I'm sure they will uh, at some point in the postseason or next season, Sam. But as of now, it's pretty cool to see it. Uh,
2: just stuff and dry repeatedly all day long. Absolutely. All right, let's move forward. forward. Um, what are we going to next? Jordan Poole.
1: Jordan Poole. Big okay. Jordan Poole game. Where are you at with Jordan Big Jordan Poole game. Big Jordan Clarkson game. Uh, And that's the comp, right? (laughs) Uh, If Jordan... I wish Jordan Poole was like three years older because he would be so perfect for this team. He would just be a perfect player for this team the last five seasons. Even when the Warriors were unstoppable, they were missing a guy like Jordan Poole off the bench. Create his own shot. Microwave score, right? Just a little bit more flash than anyone else. I guess Leandro Barbosa is kind of the guy that's closest to what Jordan Poole is going to become. But yeah, man, incredible tonight. Um, I wish he shot the three a little bit better, Sam, but, you know, I guess he's 21, 22. But, um, but yeah, just watching him and watching Jordan Clarkson, I'm sitting there and I'm just laughing because I'm like, well, there's the guy that you're probably going to end up being, you know, five years Yeah, Jordan,
2: <laughs> Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole um, I think he's a better shooter than Clarkson, but not as good finishing. It's like, Jordan Clarkson is just more athletic, better finisher inside in general. Um Hopefully I didn't mix up their names. Anyway, uh, what I was going to say tonight, Jordan Poole had it working from outside. And for me, that's like the big thing for him, because I feel like his shot looks good every time it goes up. Like he has good form. He has good touch. But this season has kind of been defined by uh, when he's feeling it from outside. He's really effective when he's not feeling it. You get a lot of those like two for nine right, right, games right. where he's not super effective. And that is part of being a young player, but I'm just excited for him to kind of take that step and become a little more confident. Tonight, he was hitting those shots, and when he's hitting those shots, he's a welcome weapon for this team. Because as we know, you know, we pencil in Steph for 35 at this point. Like, that, the baseline for Steph is 35, and we're just, like, holding on for dear life, hoping anyone else can help contribute (laughs) in any capacity in terms of
1: yeah, uh, we got a couple of timely threes from Mulder tonight. Money Mike, as the Chase Center announcers say, uh, big three from Toscano Anderson uh, tonight, who looks like he should be playing in the playoff rotations, which is awesome to see. Um, I think all around a good game. Um, you know, they they they. I don't know if you call it choked away the big lead. It, it kind of is what it is, right? Utah's not a they're a really good team, even without Minuchio and Conley. But um, I think that's one of the games where you know the Warriors end up losing earlier this season, dare I say they've gotten a better in those situations with guys like Bazemore, um, Wiggins, Poole, some of those guys that maybe have learned to be better in those clutch situations. So they don't Absolutely. make some those dumb mistakes. You know, that could be something to monitor moving forward. And
2: yeah, no, definitely. Let, let's talk about our, uh, let's start about the, the star of the show Uh-oh. tonight, Kent Bazemore. Uh-oh. Let's do a little Bazemore and then we'll, we'll bring on the questions. So, yeah. um, First off, can I, um, can I be honest and just say Bazemore's joke about Beal was funnier more because of how corny it was. Like, he was unaware of how it could potentially rub anyone the wrong way. Like, if you watch the video of him, it reminded me of Super Troopers where uh, Farva, like, the the annoying guy, like, thinks he has, like, a really good joke and no one laughs. That was like Baysmore when he's like, hey, guys, you know, th- some guys are even hurting their hamstrings. They, like, can't even hold it in because he's, like, laughing to himself. Like, that's how I heard it. And I was just like, I mean, y- you know, it's the internet, so you deserve to get the jokes you get from that. But I didn't think it was all as malicious as people were taking it. I thought it was just, like, another, like, Kemp Bazemore reaching for a foul not realizing he's reaching type of situation. <laughs>
1: I like you were laughing before you said that. <laughs> like you <know>. Hey, <laughs> um,
2: no, I, I,
1: I, you're right. I, I mean, I thought I it was a dumb joke, right? Like anytime someone's hurt, like, why are you making fun of someone getting hurt um, in, in that moment? He thought it was funny. I think nobody really understood what he was trying to say besides Monty Poole, who tweeted it out. What I also thought if was you was Bradley, if you watch the video. He's like laughing before he, he says it. Like he really
2: He's smiling. Like you can tell he like told someone that joke and was like, I'm gonna make them all laugh. Like I have the perfect pun. <laughs> and no one stopped him and be like, dude, that's not funny and it's definitely not gonna go for well. It's uh
1: Well, you know what I thought was beyond that was just Bradley Beal was corny, right? Like Bradley Beal fired off about fifteen tweets just I don't know what he was saying. It just, what Bradley Beal was saying wasn't even that cool. It was just kind of just like, get off me. Like, you're not to say like that's type of corny stuff, which is, I guess maybe it will sound cool in person on the court, but just online, it's just like, I don't know. What are we doing here? Right. It's just, what are, you average 30 plus points? You're a superstar. You guys are going to be in a, you guys are going to be in a playoff team. Like I don't, I, if you want to say something, why don't you just text baseball, <laughs> Right. Or just call him. Like, it's not like you can't get his number, but I, I don't a know that I, of it. I just thought yeah, like that was corny. Like, I don't. Need yeah, he definitely. From Bradley he Beal. he made a show.
2: He made a show out of it, but I'm also not convinced he wasn't like. Being just as um. what's the word I'm looking for, like just being just as silly about it, like at this point, I just don't take oh, okay. anyone serious. Yeah, I just don't yeah. take anyone serious with Internet beefs anymore. Like, like let's be real about it. It's everyone just does, like, fake tough guy stuff online. Like, do, do you really think Beale cares that much? Do you really yeah, think, like, right.
1: yeah,
2: a, right. a two-minute conversation or Kemp Bazemore is like, hey, man, I didn't really mean anything like that. Like, like they wouldn't be over it. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just It's just kind of the internet. Like, it was funny watching. For me, the funniest part was watching people who were looking for a reason to hate the Warriors, like, using this as, like, see how
0: You need indeed.
2: Well, like you know that that was my whole thing where I was just watching. And I'm like, this is uh, this this is just people using it as an excuse because like I didn't think basemar was serious about it. And I, you can say like have a little better judgment than like questioning a guy's health because of how serious everyone is. But I also am not like sure Beal cared as much. Like he fired off a bunch of tweets, but like. You and I both know how it is. Like You fire one off, you get a bazillion yeah. retweets,
1: and it's like, ah, i gotta got to feed the beast a little bit. <laughs> Bethany Peele and his wife, a funny couple. Um, okay. Honestly, I've had enough of this topic. It just, let's move on. I yes. think it was a good game. <laughs> I just thought we need I, to I acknowledge it for a minute. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're the right. game's more yeah, important. though. This is, a big, this is a big W for the Warriors, so we're going to get to questions now. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash light now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com/slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to Get roman.com slash light and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get roman.com slash light Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. So we're starting with Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Got to always start it with someone who's not. Hey, guys.
3: Oh, what's up, man? Sorry about that. Hey, how's it going? So I got to say, this game definitely cemented that Bay's God has got to be on the team next year. But I got to say, like, I'm starting to think we got to find somebody to fill the Looney spot. I know he played all right tonight. Like, he adds a little something, but he's not big enough. He's not strong enough. He's not fast enough. He's not tough enough. Like, he doesn't shoot. So what do you guys think? Like, can we get a better backup big than Kevon Looney or is he really what we're stuck with
4: for next year Kyle I appreciate the question it's a fair question all right for me
2: I think Looney is as good as you're going to get for like a rotation big I think he's been pretty good for the Warriors and just personally I'm more concerned with them adding skill depth on the wings than another big man at this point um, they still have Wiseman coming back who's a developmental priority, but even if Wiseman isn't there, they can probably find some goon who can like kind of do some facsimile of Looney things just to like add to the rotation. If it was up to me, I, I think they need to prioritize like skill on the wings.
1: Well, you know, first off, Kevon Looney has been pretty damn good the last month plus, right? At the Beginning of the season, I think he struggled a little bit, whatever it was rust um, or, or just getting into it. But right now he's playing the, almost 30 minutes a game. He's been awesome defensively and and getting rebounds and even some scoring. I would say the big man stuff is, you know, if James Wiseman is back, you want him to play into some of those roles, right? He's a, he's like the biggest player in the NBA. (laughs) He's one of the biggest players in the NBA. Like you want him to be one of those players, even if he's 20, 21 years old. And like Sam said, right. Dwayne Dedman just got picked up by the Miami heat off the scrap heap. And he's a fine center. You can find those guys every day um, out there on the court. So I'm with you. Prioritize uh, some shooting, some wing defense, you know, get Glenn Robinson the third back. I don't know, whatever it is, right? Uh, But those probably are are at the top of them.
2: Absolutely. Keep moving. Ricky, Ricky Garcia, what is up, my man?
4: Oh, what's up, guys?
2: All right, what you got for us, Ricky? All
4: right. um, So, I wanted to go off in a different direction here and talk some NBA draft. Um, so it was a very stressful um, NFL draft in the Bay Area, to say the least. So uh, I wanted to ask you guys, um, who's the Mac Jones in this year's NBA draft? Ooh, Ricky, appreciate the question.
2: I'm actually going to avoid this one. I'm going to say we're not doing draft talk until the Warriors are eliminated from the playoffs. Um, someone said Corey Kispert. I don't hate that, uh, but I'm saying let's avoid. We're avoiding draft talk until until the Warriors' season is over.
1: I'd be okay with Kispert shooters, but yes, I'm okay with that. I, I, my first gut tells me. <laughs> my first gut tells me. I'm,
2: I'm fine with Kispert at 15, but yes. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, the Warriors own pick, right? Yeah, it's yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like the Warriors are getting the Minnesota pick. So, anyway, let's 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 keep it moving. I, maybe Kabinga, I think. May, maybe Jalen Green, but I don't think any. I don't think there is a Mac Jones though in this draft. Antonio, what's up, my man?
4: Hey, what's up? I was just gonna say um, that Clarkson comparison was real spot on. I feel like if Poole could get thirty-three shots a game, he definitely check. i like that one play he had missed like two threes before and then he goes up and he does this with like less than 10 seconds of the shot clock had even it was probably like 18 seconds on the shot clock and he does a step back in the corner and I'm just like what are you doing but then it's like he makes it and I'm like yeah this is why I love pool so much it's just so crazy I can't wait to like he bulks up little and you know get rid of the little fouls the and one foul that he was doing so he had like four and he barely played but, yeah, I, re- I see some real potential in him.
2: Thanks, Antonio.
4: Um,
2: I, I agree. I mean, it's always tough because Jordan Pool's like, young for a second-year player, too. Like, we often forget he's not just a young player. He's young for when he was drafted. And then you throw the pandemic stuff into it. Like, so he might have higher upside. I know a friend of the show, Ethan Strauss, thinks he's a potential superstar. But... Um, you know, he can he can play a role for this team in the short term, and like maybe his upside is higher than a 6 man. I just think of the short term
1: I, as a 6 man. I, yeah, I don't I don't know if the upside is there given just the decision making that he. I mean, you can get better at it, right? You can get better at decision making, but just watching the way he he plays basketball and the stuff he tries out there, I don't I don't really see it. But yeah, I'm with like, him. Like, so he's I'm not, not he's a, not, not Andy more. Lou.
2: He's not an Andy Lou type
3: player. <laughs> he is not actually.
2: <laughs> Jared, what's up,
3: man? What to do? Um, I just wanted to make sure to uh, shout out Lock Up Loon tonight. He was like great. That. Um, and also, yeah, also wanted to uh, talk to my guy who was hating who was hating on Loon, but gave Bazemore some love. Um, I just don't know if the Warriors can survive Bazemore's hacking in the playoffs. Like this guy's got to just be cool off the fouls. Um. Yeah. What do you guys think about Bajemore and all his like just fouls adding up in a playoff game? I don't know if we can survive if he's like fouling like he does.
2: I mean, I'm with you, Jared. Appreciate the call. It, the Warriors' fundamental issue is that they're not deep enough. Like we know Steph is good enough to be the best player in a series versus any team. Uh, we know Draymond's a winning player, and I think Wiggins has been decidedly a plus for this team. And we can go down the line, but they just don't have as many bodies. They're playing eight guys and half the guys they're playing are probably playing in roles that are too big for them. Like, like we've always said, happy with Bay's 15
1: minutes a game. Not so sure. I love him at 30 minutes a game. Yep. I'm with you. Um, I think a lot of the Baysmore funny stuff is, is we just got to watch him too much. It's, it's, you hang out with someone too long, you know, you start to figure out all their flaws. Not that great. Right, Sam. Um, <laughs> You know six podcasts. no, but I think yeah Bazemore's good. He's going to be back on the team next season as an H ninth man, and, and it'll be fine. Uh, it's going to be a lot better when he got Clay in there. Maybe they add another wing,
2: and Bazemore doesn't have to take as big of a role. Bazemore, and Beal, I,
1: you know, might be best friends next season on the same team. Who knows?
2: Is that is that, was this was this all a long con to get Beal <laughs> starting to talk to the Warriors? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Tom, what's up, man?
5: Hey, what's up, guys? Um... I just want to know uh, what percentage chance
1: do you guys give us to beat either the Lakers and the Blazers in the play-in and, say, either the Suns and the Jazz in the playoffs?:
2: This is a great question. Thank you, Tom. I'll let Andy go first. Play-in game. How do you feel about them versus the Lakers?
1: I don't have a good feeling about that. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I think the way that Ant- – I watched Andy Davis last night, and I said, that's the guy that's, that should have won the finals MVP um they're saying Le- LeBron is probably he could probably play right now uh if it was the postseason, so he'll probably be back ready to go by the time the actual post comes around that's a team that obviously when healthy is a championship team so I don't know Sam I don't really have a good feeling about the play-in game of yeah I was I always feel like um the in, honest a sing- truth?
2: in a single elimination they're always going to be dicey because if Steph gets hot that's that's like I don't think they could beat the Lakers in a best of seven. They could beat the Lakers in a best of one though, just because it's like the NCAA tournament. Steph gets hot, it's a nightmare, right? But with that said, I think I feel pretty reasonable about the Warriors' chances to upset the Jazz more so, and not just because of tonight. Like the Jazz were playing without the starting backcourt tonight, but in general. The Warriors' best player renders the Jazz' best player less effective. Like, Rudy Gobert is just not that effective versus the Warriors. And that's a major matchup problem in the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns could be a little here because Chris Paul and Dem Booker, they just have a little more firepower. But I think Utah is, let's just say, for an 8 seed going into 1, that's as good as you're going to get.
1: Uh, yes, I mean, Fitz made the comp uh here's what I don't like. Fitz made the comp about these warriors to the we believe warriors playing against the mask. I don't like that, Sam, because that tells me like that we believe team was a cute one time that's it type of team one time also
2: one-time. that we believe team made like that roster was new after the trade deadline and got like caught fire. After the trend deadline. You know what I'm saying? Like Steven Jackson, Al Harrington, those guys weren't on the Warriors before February 20th or whatever.
1: This team has two players that are above and beyond what any of those guys were in the NBA. And and that's what I don't like about what Fitz is doing. Fitz is essentially unshockingly painting the Warriors as this David, right? Against every single team that's a Goliath. And I think that's very disrespectful to who it's Steph and Draymond are. These guys are these guys are good enough to win. And and they shouldn't be treated like they're a cute kind of Cinderella team. Like, that's not who they are. These guys are elite NBA Hall of Famers, right? They, they – sh- you know, like, if they play Portland a series, I'm taking the Warriors, right? Like, I'm saying they won't beat the Lakers because the Lakers are a championship team. And so I'm with you. Like, the Jazz or the Suns, either one, like, they have a real shot at winning that series. It's not like this – Who would you rather face,
2: though? Jazz. Like, like,
1: jazz. Okay. Jazz. Jazz. Yeah, so
2: you agree with me. Just yeah. because um, – yeah. The Jazz are good, and I I love so many things about them, but, like, they're just a little more vulnerable. Yep. All right, keep moving.
3: Alex, what's going on, man? So, I they obviously, by winning tonight, I think it actually gives Phoenix even more reason to come out all guns a-blazing tomorrow. And let me just ask you guys about this wild hypothetical here. As somebody sitting on a Warriors over 38.5 wins, I had given up on this. Probably, like months ago, honestly, at this point, but like, do you think it's possible that they' just go guns ablazing down the stretch and finish with a perfect home stand? ooh
2: i wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it, Alex, um, by the way, placing money on thirty eight and a half ballsy, um, I waited till it fell to thirty six and a half, which I'm feeling good about right now, uh not as. You know, much better than I felt about selling uh, Dogecoin before it just went insane. So went, which went down a again,
4: so it might be uh, right. whatever.
2: I, I sold it before I could make money on it, so that was my mistake.
4: But anyway, yeah, I do. Um,
2: to his point, I it, it, all, it, all, I, I, it i, I don't think
1: I don't, I, it all depends on tomorrow,
2: right? Like I think I kind of think they're gonna rest guys tomorrow. Like if, if I'm wow. if I'm uh, if I'm Steve Kerr. If I'm Bob Myers, if I'm the worst, I might throw tomorrow's game because the Pelicans game should be winnable because no Zion or Ingram.
6: Uh,
2: And then you're going to have to beat Memphis either way. So you might as well just use it because, like, let's be real here. If you can get Steph a little extra rest, why not?
1: Sam Sam is over here. You know, I disagree wholeheartedly. I, I think the team is playing pretty well right now. And, you know, I guess you can always say momentum is not a real thing, but this team is playing so well that I don't want to see these guys rest. I, I, I mean, unless you tell me these guys are hurt or whatever, right, or these guys are exhausted, whatever. But I think there is something to just having these guys play out the season uh, and getting a rhythm. Because right now, I mean, they beat the Thunder. These last couple wins that they've had have been against semi-cupcake teams. Now they're playing a real team like the Jazz. They won one. Why not try to go out there and win another one against uh you know against the top two seed in the West and get that confidence that's gonna be good for Poole, Mulder, um, you know, all at Baysmore even. Uh so, so, so I think that's good for the rest of the team. Andrew Wiggins. I know Stephen Dre doesn't need it, but true. I think that I think I think I'd rather see that. Also, I'm selfish. I want to see those guys play tomorrow night. We'll do a locker room tomorrow night. I don't want to watch
2: Mulder for 38 minutes. <laughs> Michael Mulder time. Um, M- Ken M- Basemore M- <laughs> with a quote on the Bradley Beal. Stuff. Oh brother. I guess I guess he can't joke anymore. Whatever. I feel like I'm a pretty lighthearted guy. Hey man, my loyalty is to SC30. It got out of hand. I don't like to get involved in that crap. Kind of kind of what I was expecting. I like you watch the video. I just don't think he thought he was saying anything all that malicious. Now you can say he shouldn't have said it, but like I, I really don't think
1: he thought he like said something that was like mean. I'm with you. He said, "My loyalty is to SC30." That's perhaps the best part of the quote. You really said that? That's amazing. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, it, I'm it, reading,
2: it. I'm reading friend of the show Drew Schiller. Yeah. Anyway,
1: <laughs> that, that is what that is what Warriors fans also say. Sam. We are our loyalty is is to SC30. So. <laughs> Uh, uh, by I the way he's more added i ain't got time. i ain't got time for all that twitter trash that's a lie <laughs> you know he has time for it yeah Whoa, hey jake, jake what's up man Whoa. hey can you guys hear me yeah yeah barely what you got for us hey so uh first of all i just wanted to shout out draymond i thought he played awesome tonight and i thought his passion was just super contagious was firing everybody up and then i had a question i wanted to know what you guys think uh Lee and Ubre's roles will be when they come back. I think it's just going to be tough to get in a playoff rotation with the roles they had previously. So just wanted to know your thoughts on that.
2: It's a great question, Jake. Appreciate you.
1: Um, we're going to take a, take a spaceship because, uh, right now,
2: Jesus. <laughs> <A> <laughs> driving. Appreciate it appreciate, <laughs> it. appreciate it. So, so I, I think just Damian Lee's going to take uh, Mulder's role. That's easy. That's an easy one for me. Now Kelly Ubre a little, a little dice here, but. They could use the bodies. They don't have enough guys. I think they're going to go back to using Kelly Oubre in that 3-4 hybrid role that he was having success in before the injury. I don't know. What do you think, Andy?
1: Kelly Oubre is probably, probably <laughs> playing his last game for the Warriors. Sorry, I'm eating peanut butter pretzels. You caught me there. But I don't know if Oubre is coming back this season. I guess they say they are reevaluating him in a week or two a couple of days ago, right? But reevaluating doesn't mean he's ready to get back on the court. So I don't know if he's going to be back um if he's back i don't know if he's in shape to play play in postseason games right that's that's another beast um so i and okay so if he is back i think they're just gonna play him off the bench they're gonna keep him in the role that he was well yeah yeah yeah, i I, I agree with you there all right let's keep moving
2: dylan what's up man hey hey guys um I just had a really quick question. So by my math, Steph needs to get 62 more points over the next three games to lock up the scoring title. Um, And he needs 23 more threes, I think, to get to uh, 350. So what do you guys think? You think he's going to get to 350 and lock up the scoring title by, you know, end of the Pels game? Seven Seven threes. Seven seven threes a game. I think he's going to get the scoring title. I don't know that he will get to 353s. I don't know that I care either, to be honest. So I'd rather him just get, I want him to get the scoring title because I know he wants to get it. I need Dylan's voice. guy's incredible voice. Great voice. Agreed. John, what's up, man? John. Yo, what's going on, guys?
7: Yeah.
2: Uh, just a delightful Monday night.
7: Yeah, yeah. I want to, you know, Say that one, Steph, Steph Curry, he's freaking amazing. God, we got to love that guy. And Bazemore, thank you again for bringing him to Under Armour. You're made for life. You know, you can say what you want on Twitter, <laughs> it's all good. And hey, you know, Utah Jazz are freaking frauds. They haven't won squad. The squad they have now has not even been able to make it out of the first round. And the, they haven't proven anything. And the Suns, they have even less experience, except for the choke artists, Chris Paul you know, right? So I'm not really worried about either of them, other than the fact that we have no roster and no depth. And in a seven game series, it's just going to wear you down. And that's the worry, right? Um, And that's unfortunate. But you know, maybe you get a team like the Suns, you win a couple games early, and you get them nervous. They start freaking out, you steal a series, right? That's what vet teams do. If we've got a bunch of guys, maybe we can pull Appreciate it, John. Great call.
2: Great Pastor call. John, he got too juiced. He got too juiced. Alright, we're gonna bring up uh, the man who yeah. got yeah. the man who got himself in some trouble with some smiley slander. <laughs> Mike Mekus. What's up, man? Can you
8: guys can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Okay, I do wanna first uh apologize to Alan Smiglige and his beautiful girlfriend uh for <laughs> for slandering them I know Kirk and Kent have sent all their burner accounts out and their verified friends to uh, to go at me I'm finally off of private so I'm you know I'm back I'm active on Twitter again because Alan really Alan's actually got more fans on Twitter than Steph Curry I found out Steph actually has haters Alan's only got lovers so that was interesting to discover um, nice. I thought the game was awesome tonight. It really did. It was uh, fun to not watch us blow a late game and, you know, you know trick one away. Uh, I thought Looney was great. I do want to push back on that opening with Looney. Looney's had, like, if Looney had knees and hips, he'd be Will Chamberlain. I've determined it. Uh, so I, I thought he was great. And Draymond's been playing some of the best ball of, I would go as far as to say, in the last four years, he looks as good as he's ever looked uh, since at least his 2016 season. So I want to push back there. But I was having a question. I don't want to overlook the first-round opponent. By any stretch, but is it actually better for us to lose to the Lakers, beat Memphis, get the eight seed, you get Utah to match up, and then the four or five seed currently is either Denver or Dallas. We just uh, we just. Displayed that we can beat Denver. We beat them twice in the last month, and they don't have Jamal Murray. And Dallas, they did embarrass us on national TV. But earlier in the season, we lost to them by two, and then before that game, we beat them by like thirty. I think both of those matchups are very favorable if we could get out of the first round. And what do you guys think? I think it's very important that we avoid that two-three side of the bracket because then you have to deal with Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just my thoughts.
2: mikas appreciate it. We're gonna take your. We're gonna take you off air. Incredible
1: Um, call, just incredible. I do,
2: I I do agree with him. Like, if you were to tell me, okay, so this is a decidedly mediocre Warriors team. Like, Steph and Draymond are who they are, but like beyond that, it's kind of a mediocre roster, right? Um, if you were to tell me they're going to get Utah and then the winner of Denver, Dallas, like that's as favorable a draw as
1: you can hope. I just the audacity. To think about a second round series for these Golden State Warriors after what we've watched all season, I just I respect that. Sam, I, I I like I don't know what to say. Yeah, of course he's right. You would rather play Denver and Dallas than and, the Clippers and, and, and Lakers, and, yeah. and Utah, right? Of course, but I just what part of watching this team this season do you think have, have we even thought of that? You know, you know, like I'm with you. All, this whole night I'm saying Steph Draymond amazing, but uh, yeah, it, it's it would be uh. Uh, one of the best playoff runs that I've seen. If they're able to get that far, because uh, if they're playing Dallas in a post in a postseason series, these guys are in the Western Conference Finals, and I don't really want to think about that because now, now I feel like we're right,
2: trying. right, <laughs> yeah. All right, keep moving, Jackson. What's up, man?
3: Hey guys, I'm feeling pretty optimistic tonight. Um, you know, I'm just so disappointed with this roster construction in the front office that I've just been really enjoying draymond and steph lately i just want hope all warrior fans can take a step back and appreciate their two-man game they're like the way they compliment each other on the court is nothing like i've ever seen before i was trying to think about it the other day and compare them to other two-man like kind of duos in nba history and i don't know if there's a lot of other stars that coexist on the court together lebron d wade you know like even kobe Shaq. but i don't know if there's ever been two players that truly make each other so much better like we know that Draymond is so much better with Steph on the court. And I truly believe that Steph is enhanced so much by having Draymond there. Like watching them together and all the variation, the nuance, the screening, the timing is like, like I feel like I'm watching like a choreography. Like I'm watching a dance performance. Like they can win so you think you can dance or like dancing with the stars. It's like crazy shit like that. <laughs> um, so my question for y'all is, can you think, I was a little young for Stockton and Malone. Are there any other duos that you can compare them to the way you've just seen where you feel like they're just, like, they're one and the same? Like, is there anyone you can even compare them to, or what do you think of their their re- relationship on the court?
2: Appreciate it, Jackson. I feel like the easiest comp is the Spurs, but it's more of, like, a three-man comp. Yeah, but clients. that was a
1: team, yeah. That is a, good, that is a good one, though. Yeah, Spurs. I got one for you. Go for it. Uh he's he's my favorite player outside of Steph. Uh I loved Nash and Amari. Okay. Like, I guess Amari didn't make yeah, Nash, like it was more Nash beating Amari and, and that type of stuff, but Nash and Amari was incredible. Uh that that was, I guess, my generation's version of Stockton and Malone. But I mean they sure. should have won a championship. Uh that team. They got robbed by David Stern. But that that was a uh I felt like those guys I I guess mostly was Steve Nash, but it was beautiful basketball and and really like unstoppable basketball uh, and, and incredible <laughs> chemistry. So that's my, that's my, uh, that's
2: my mentions. Chemistry. Go Chris Gatling and Sharunas. The, the obvious <laughs> answer. Um, no, no, I agree with you. Like I, I, I don't like comparing them to a pick and roll combo because they're not really a pick and roll combo right. Um, right. because Draymond's it, it's not like the point guard feeding the, the roll man for 25 a game, like that sort of thing. So I, I don't know. I'm going to always go to the Spurs comp because I feel like, you'll, especially when you throw Clay into it, the Tony, Manu, Timmy, like they, they kind of like – there's like an osmosis between the three of them. I feel like that's the Warriors. The Modest, the Bonus, and Malcolm Brogdon, another good one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. All right, let's go. Keep it moving. <laughs> All right, a couple uh, more. Tanner, what's up, man?
5: So Tanner. I just had a – can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Um, so Andy brought it up earlier. It's about what um, development means, not just for the young guys, but the guys that don't have a lot of playoff experience. Like Wiggins has one playoff series, JTA, maybe 28, 29, but he's still kind of new in the league. Um, I think it's important that we get into a, you know, crunch time games and like a big playoff series where guys play games that mean something. And, I mean, I just want to know what you guys
4: think about um, you know, getting minutes for guys like Poole, Lee, uh JTA, obviously Wiggins, and
5: you know, obviously game jordan
4: shit means something. Yeah, yeah, Tanner.
2: It's a great question. Um, I do agree with you. That's actually probably why we were voicing Crest frustration earlier in the season. Like, obviously losing clay, they're not a contender, but like I felt like making noise this year was what was going to matter to them being able to make moves in free agency this summer. So, uh, beyond the fact that like Jordan Poole, um uh, wants Scott Anderson, uh, a few of these guys like playoff minutes are going to be vital for like, obviously Wiseman's not getting playoff minutes. So that sucks. But like, that's, as much that's as the toughest one,
1: that's the toughest yeah, one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. As, as much as like we want them to get playoff minutes, just, you know, cause they need to, um, I think it's going to be the best sale sign for the warriors. If you see Stefan Dramond dominating teams in the playoffs and you know, you're, you're like a veteran Serge
1: Ibaka type and you're like, you know what? That seems like a good spot for me. Like, I think that matters. I'm with you. Um, I just, I, I feel bad because I think this would be, this would have been a perfect ending stretch for James Wiseman. Um, he needed these minutes. Maybe they win less games. Um, but he needed some playoff minutes, play-in minutes, crunch time minutes. If even if it was only 8, 10 minutes, I would have really liked for him to get that. It, it sucks that he got that taken away from him because of the injury, and now he's kind of back to square one next season. But uh, uh By the way, we, got,
2: we got a Draymond quote here because he's a fucking sociopath. Um, oh, Draymond boy. on playing games with playoff implications. All right. I play better when they matter. When they don't matter, it's tougher. I'm enjoying these games. I, I like, I don't. It's one of those things where you can't really explain it. Like, people ask, why doesn't Draymond play like this all the time? And I'm like, if you know a better way to activate that, like, little extra in him, like, tell Steve Kerr, you know? Like, I, I think, I think Draymond's one of those guys who needs stakes to, like, really get him going. And there's no other way around it. Like, well, so I think, I, I, and, and, like, by the way, that's why he's, always shows up in big moments, right? Yeah,
1: I think a lot of these guys, yes, for, for sure. I think that's why the three-point shooting is coming back. Um, somebody had a great story today. I think it was Bill Simmons on his podcast. He was talking about the scoring title back then. I wasn't alive to watch George Gervin, and, and I believe the other guy was David Thompson. Yeah, David Thompson. Basically, they were, David Thompson, they, they were, uh, the last day of the season, scoring title, both guys were averaging like 25 points, and Uh, I think Thompson scored like 70 something in the first game. And then Gervin had to score like 60 to win the scoring title. And he had like 40 something after the first quarter and he ended up winning the scoring title. Right. And when I heard that, I thought to me, it just felt like, yeah, these guys could probably, if they locked in and cared play much harder than they could that day. Like Draymond could probably play this way every game, but it's hard to play that 72 times in a season. You know what I mean? Like Juan Toscano Anderson can do it because he's still trying to make his way into the league. And now he's in the league and he kind of has to play that style to be effective. Right. But it's hard for someone like Draymond to do that. And I think when I heard that story, it's just like, man, for these superstars, it's hard for these guys to play that damn hard every, every single
7: night. Um,
1: so it's cool to see. Agreed. Particularly for, up.
2: particularly for guys who've been in the finals five times yeah. in a row. Like you really think you can get someone up to get excited for like, I mean, November 15th versus the Sacramento Kings might as well be your Monday 10 AM staff meeting to draymond green like he's not excited for that you know i i get it i get it although it, yeah. it sucks to watch but anyway <laughs> let's keep moving
4: omar what's up my man hey thanks for having me guys um you know i remember i first listened to your podcast like when you guys were doing the preseason, you know preparation show and you guys were talking about um steph you know trying to average you know needing to average 30 plus and like He's he's my favorite player ever. He's the reason that I, you know, like, watch the sport. And I was like, nah, that's, you know, that's not happening with this team, this horribly constructed team. And I was just thinking about that today, like, you know, watching the last six weeks or so, and it's just really impressive. And I know, like, all Warriors fans have been pointing that out. But I mean, it's like, if that's kind of the thing that gives us joy in this otherwise very frustrating season, like, I definitely do appreciate that. It's good to know that, like, he's still that guy. And so that's, that's basically all I wanted to say. Like, even I, you know, way playing way above of my expectations.
2: I appreciate it, Omar. We, let's do some Steph appreciation here because he, he, Omar is right. Um, I think the hardest thing, I feel like 90% of fan frustration this year is the fact that we all acknowledge Steph Curry as the best warrior of all time one of the 15 or 20 best players of all time. And this year, I mean, he's not playing for anything, right? Like he, he's, he's putting on a show for all of us, but he's not, um, they're not winning a title this year. Like, uh, I mean, if he does, he's the greatest of all time and I'll never hear an argument for anyone else ever again, but like, he's not winning a title this year. And I, I think that's the thing that's always driven us crazy where it's like people try to tell you to be patient and all that stuff. And it's like God, you don't get a guy of this caliber on your team, not just every year, like every decade. The Warriors could go two decades before they get a player who remotely resembles Steph after he retires. You owe it to everyone to try to do everything you can to compete with them. And and just watching them play at this level, like, I don't know, man. 33. It's gonna, Hey, that's that's not that old. I, as someone who's older than thirty three, <laughs> I'm not kidding. that old. Admit, I,
1: you know <laughs> you what? Know, you know what I love about Steph this season. I thought about this uh, uh, yesterday. It, Steph doesn't. He's not afraid to say that he cares about something. He cares about winning the scoring title. He's not too cool to to go for, and try to win the scoring right, title. Right, right. He's not too cool to. He's not too cool to be in the three point shooting contest. For the eighteenth time, despite being the greatest shooter of all time, like everyone knows that, right? Like he's not too cool. Yeah, to he doesn't. He doesn't need to win it to, to prove to
2: people he can shoot.
1: Yeah, that's everybody. Like that's how awesome he is, and I think that's the cool thing about Steph. A lot of the, a lot of these NBA players nowadays and professional athletes, they're just they're too cool. Like I'm too cool to do any of this stuff. I don't. I don't need to prove myself. Blah blah. Like with Steph, like yeah, he doesn't need to prove stuff, but he also doesn't act like he's above this stuff. Um, he's out here. Shooting the three-point contents against the likes of Mike freaking Conley, like the guy's a fringe all like fringe all-star guy. And Steph's just entertaining.
3: He's he doing no, it for the no, league.
1: No, no yeah, unnecessary Mike necessary. Conley slam. That was not necessary. That was not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's really cool to see someone that cares about uh, the game, the sport, winning, and just kind of the fans. I think like res- it resonates with the fans. Like there is nobody in the NBA that people find more entertaining or care more about than I think Steph Curry. And I think that's. That's awesome, man. That's outside of just him being great as a basketball player, right? He's just a cool yeah, that we'll never I mean, see again. I don't I don't want to get all emo about it, but it's just like, you know,
2: you, you watch it, you watch him playing and it's just like you wonder like how much longer it can go and like I don't know. That's that's <laughs> where I get. Anyway. Hey, uh, what's up, Aaron?
5: Yeah, what's going on? Oh there what's <laughs> up? Oh, there you are. What's up, yeah. Man? Sorry, what's going on, brother? So, you know, I like to kind of just lurk and, and listen. I enjoy the show and uh you know, if I listen in the locker room, then I can just pick the highlights that I want tomorrow when the pod comes out. But the reason I had to jump in is because I think in, in all of that praise of Steph, you, Sam, are still underselling him. And you say this a lot. You say ah, it could be nice. another 10 years. It could be another 20 years until you get a player like Steph. But that is incongruous. That's a That's a nice SAT word for you guys. It is incongruous for you to say that. And then say he is also a top fifteen or twenty player of all time. I happen to think he's a top ten player of all time. But if he is a top fifteen was, player was, of all time, I was I
7: was
2: hedging. I'm I'm not
5: I'm, I'm not trying to oh, open a ranking have... conversation <laughs> right now. Let's say let's say, fine. Let's say let's say the back end of what you just said. He's a top twenty player of all time. That means that there are only nineteen possible players better than him in the history of the NBA. That means two thirds of the franchises the Lakers have had more than their share. But at least, uh, excuse me, at least one third of the franchises never have anybody as good as Steph, and never have in the seventy-year history of the NBA. You are underselling Steph, even in your praise of him. The the Warriors could never have a player of Steph's caliber ever again in the history of the franchise.
1: I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they never have
5: come the Lakers. Who's the best player right. in Raptors history? Or who's the best player in... Shout out Horn- Kyle Lowry. Kyle yeah, exactly. Hornets <laughs> history? Or who's the best player in Kings history? Or who's the best player in Clippers history? Or who's the best player in Pacers history? Like, no... S- and here's... Steph- a- Go ahead, yeah. I, I was, was going to say, here's the a, here's a, here's a
2: trickier part. The Warriors could get some, like, genetic mutation, like, 7-2... Um, Freakish player in like 20 in, in, like, you know, in like 15 years, but they aren't going to connect with the fan base the same way as Steph, because he's been on the roster for 12 years. He's gonna, he's gonna end up playing for this team for 15 to 20 years. You know, like you could make the case. Kevin Durant's a better player than him there's not a single Warriors fan who cares about Kevin Durant more than Steph Curry. And I love Kevin Durant as a player. Like that's a secondary factor to it on top of it too. Well, like you could, You're right. You though. can go into it. You can go into it. It's like you're this, this um Steph ending his career as a warrior means more to the Warriors building this brand as being like a franchise who fucking matters than so my anything. Guess.
5: My guess is Steph is the last all-time great that is going to play 12, 15, 20 years with one franchise. You right, right. It means something. But you also just said the, the franchise could get a genetic freak and blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They had one. His name is Wilt Chamberlain. And Steph is probably Perfect. better than him all time. True, true.
2: And yeah, Andy, no, it's a good also, point.
5: And he also played with the Lakers.
2: Ah, okay. okay, it's time for you to go. Uh, but, but your, point, your point your point stands yeah it, it's not all just like you know it, even you know i'm gonna kick you off before i say this but yeah appreciate you aaron Le- lebron is one of the the five or so best players of all time maybe the second best maybe the first if you you know didn't live in the 90s but um he doesn't you know outside of cleveland do, do laker fans view him as the greatest of all time no Lakers fans would tell you magic kobe like there's a there's a little emotional response there, and I would say Steph has the ability – actually, not the ability. He has that with the Bay Area in a way that, like, I, literally the only Bay Area athletes I can think of who might touch him are, like, Joe Montana and, like, Barry Bonds. Like that's like I have to go cross fork to get there.
1: but yeah, and and I think Steph is another generation now because because Joe exactly. Montana was
2: even Joe was Joe Montana is our parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, it's like
1: and Barry's like barely in my kind of uh, you're, like, you're, you know you're young. <laughs> uh, but Steph is gonna be, and here's the thing about Steph too: it's not like he's the Tim Duncan uh, of of his generation, but I also don't think Tim Duncan resonated with. Every other fan base, right? Uh, outside of San Antonio, he, like he, Timmy was awesome, but Timmy San Antonio. Timmy, Steph Timmy got the NBA. tip of the cap at the end of the the career, right. but people weren't right. buying Tim
2: Duncan jerseys in two thousand four no. or two thousand three. I guess two thousand three was like the peak, you know. It's like, like you know, yeah, he exactly. Was,
1: he was never close, never, never a second. Timmy was close to that, and we're we're talking about fame and then that just the kind of adoration that Steph has is we heard MVP chance for Steph in in away arenas, right? And we've heard them for years. It's insane, right? Like I think the, the AD comparison I always like is that as I'm watching KD highlights um, on, on CSN is like AD is amazing, but he goes to LA. Nobody gives a shit about AD. Like it just, nobody cares about him right 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 it's it's that's a lot of the nba right now and that's not Steph. Steph is the unique guy where dude everyone loves like everyone just cares the the guy is the best you just it's it's the perfect storm he's a top you
2: know 10 to 20 player of all time and then you have like the loyalty multi-generational like 10 plus year run with the fan base like you're just not gonna get that perfect storm so go for it you know Anyway, yeah, yep. Should we get a couple more callers on here before we call a day? Yeah, let's get a couple. Nandy, what's up, man?
6: Okay hey, Sam. Hi. Long time. Good. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh actually I listened to your pod. Uh I don't I I didn't hop onto the locker room. Because of the time conflict issues, uh, so today was a great game. I wanted to ask a question: like, uh, what can the Warriors do right now to help Steph with this little playoff push? Like, uh, I did the math a little bit. I I'm not I don't know the exact numbers, but uh, adding another player as the fifteenth man and uh, removing Smiley from his existing spot and adding another player is not gonna cost a lot. Like, Steph has proven that much. To show that, like, if you give him at least a few players who can really help, he can beat the one seed or the two seed. Like, not a likely scenario, but he can at least scare them off to a six or seven game series. And that uh, can help with the free agency. And it's becoming a little more clear. Bradley Beal doesn't want to come to Warriors. Like, I'm not saying (laughs) this based off on the base mode tweet. Like, I saw the way he spoke of Russ and... uh, in the jump and other shows that he came on, like he seems to really appreciate what Russ stands for and what he's doing. So, we got to look for alternatives. So, other than Pacers, what, to Pacers breaking up, what do you think is the likely scenario for the Warriors to be a contender next year?
1: First, off, appreciate you.
6: First uh, off, I'm
1: shocked, Sam, that an Asian person decided to do the math. <laughs> before, before this was
2: the, that's what this podcast about come on
8: man um dandy.
2: yeah yeah um so i was gonna say two things one he's right the warriors need to use those roster spots period they need to but um the, the options of what they can do with it are also limited at the same time yeah it's like you you can't like you know it's it, it's not like you know KD or someone sitting on the, the wire. yeah we are have the Mark show said. here. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate everyone who called in.
7: I'm Mark Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.